In this series, lowimpact.org and the Open Credit Network talks with people working to build a mutually owned, democratic, decentralised economy that builds community and doesn't destroy nature. We want to increase collaboration to bring about system change. Find links to the sites mentioned in the videos in the description below. Join the conversation by liking, commenting and subscribing to our channel. Do you think there's scope for more community farms? Do you think every town should have one or two or three? Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. I think from a, from like a volunteering perspective, there's definitely demand for it in lots of places. You know, people come to us from quite far away. Often they're coming from maybe like North London or central London, um, down all the way down to, to Wallington. So people are, there's definitely demand for people to take part and participate in community farming. Um, like I say, from a, from a demand perspective, from a market, like buying it perspective, buying our produce, it's a little bit more difficult to access those people. Um, but it does feel like there's a bit of a sea change happening and, and there is, you know, people are getting a bit more savvy and a bit more, yeah, there is more desire to, to join in with that kind of thing and buy more local and sustainable food. So I would kind of be hopeful that, yeah, there is more scope for community agriculture um and it just needs to be done this whole point around like financial sustainability is really important right because you can't um yeah there's only so many organizations that can be supported through grant funding um so it's about finding a model that works um right scale the right um location where we really benefit i think from being on the edge of london um so we've got a bigger we've got a bigger potential market than you would do in a rural area or in a smaller town, you know. Um, so I think location is really important, and then like the focus on financial sustainability is really important as well. Yeah. So sometimes we get bananas in our bag. How does that work? Um, so we, our so about two years ago, we reviewed our sourcing policy. Um, and decided to both um, include bananas, which come from outside Europe, but they're the only item, and then fruit and some vegetables from Europe. Um, and that was a kind of pragmatic decision on the basis of serve our customers and serve what, what they want and need. So creating a desirable product um, whilst also sticking to our uh, values around food miles and reduced you know environmental impact um and i think yeah there's you know there's a there's a scale isn't there and that's where we've positioned ourselves on the scale and um, that kind of seems to work for us it means that customers find it relatively easy to buy you know most of their fruit and veg from us um, whereas if you have a stricter sourcing policy that can become more difficult for people so if you're, do you have criteria that um, the farms must meet if they're going to provide things like bananas for you? And, um... uh, so all of our external um, uh, supply is organically certified because that's the easiest way for us to know that they're meeting the standards. Obviously, bananas are coming from a very long way away. It'd be difficult to check otherwise. Um, and then we also are working with the Better Food Shed, um, which is a recent initiative um, set up by growing communities um, to work with farms in the southeast um, who they have very good relationships with 
So basically it's just allowing us to connect more directly with local farms and, and, and buy stuff from them. Um, so that's really good because that's like creating a network of farms which we know we can go and visit and we know the people who run them and you know all of this kind of thing so we're really confident about how they're producing uh yeah so yeah i, I mentioned before that some people say oh well it's it's uh, the price is a problem the you know the uh, veg boxes are, are more expensive and i'm not sure they are actually um and also that i mean the quality of the food is just so much better and also a lot of people who say that the you know this kind of food is more expensive they you know they're buying sort of fashionable clothes every week and 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 spending a hundred and fifty quid on a pair of trainers and you know I prefer, yeah. not to, do that. I prefer to have better food yeah I mean there's a few different things there isn't there as you say it's about how much you value food and how much mm -hmm. of your disposable income or not even disposable income but how much of your income you spend on on food and that's definitely the trend over time is that we're spending less and less of our income on food. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, I don't think that that's necessarily a good thing. There's also just like, instead of questioning why a veg box or why organic food is expensive, I think it's kind of the better way to frame that is to say, well, why is the food in the supermarket so cheap? Mm -hmm. um, and like, one really important thing there is around wages and like the way that supermarkets pay both their own staff and also the staff in their supply chain um you know it's just is shocking and is being propped up by the benefit system in the uk um all the, whereas you know farms like us we're paying london living wage we're trying to support um decently paid jobs and yeah that means that we then have to sell the food that we're producing at a higher price um but you know that that's supporting a sustainable economy yeah um, so it just it just makes so much more sense yeah um yeah and so there's, they, yeah, loads of different factors and there's not tons and tons of plastic and polystyrene sort of packaging either so that's good and yeah. I, I think our diet has got much healthier since we've been with you it's, it's like, yeah it's the main thing that customers say is that they talk about variety and how um just by ordering a veg box they've they increase the variety of vegetables that they're eating because um, it's really easy if you go to a supermarket to just buy like courgettes every week for you know all year round basically and just stick to the things that you really know yeah. um and we yeah we offer things which are not like crazy unusual but they're not available in a supermarket like rainbow chard for some reason, I don't know why, but supermarkets don't really offer that. And it's absolutely delicious. And you can grow it most of the year in the UK. Um, and it's just a great leafy green vegetable. But yeah, for some reason, it's not commercially really grown. We've been getting lots of baby beetroots recently and we've been roasting them. They're absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, they're delicious. <laughs> but um, do you know about the Open Food Network? Are you with them? Yes, I do. We don't actually use their um software um we have like a custom designed um thing so they offer kind of a i don't know what you call it yeah like a piece of software or uh, that you can list your products on and can be uh yeah that customers can can buy your products through basically um which we don't use simply because we have our own we already had our own custom designed website 
that allows people to buy their veg boxes and manages all of the payments and um, recurring orders and so on. Um, but I have spoken to the Open Food Network and like very supportive of the general idea that they are promoting, which is that they are just allowing more producers to have more access to um, the, to different markets basically by providing the tech that enables them to do that. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really good idea. Yeah, I'm talking to Lynn from the Open Food Network next next week. Yeah. Um, so we also get a meat box. We don't eat very much meat, but we get it from an organic farm in Yorkshire and uh, it comes, we, we get 50 quids worth every like, four or five months. Uh, and we used to get a fish box, a, a weekly fish box. Um, a local guy uh, in South London used to drive down to the coast, the small fishing towns, and meet the small fishing boats and bring back fish every week. And so we didn't. We had a different kind of fish every week, which we yeah. used to roast with roast vegetables from your from your box. And now, and so sometimes we have. He, he's gone out of business actually, but so we need to find another. We need we need to find another fish supplier. Yeah. But we regularly have meals which are entirely from sort of organic farms and veg boxes and meat boxes. And, and uh, we, we have people around for dinner and we tell them, you know, this is where we've got all this food from. And, they, and, and, they, and we get a little bit from the garden, but not very much. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's great that it is possible now. And with like, you know, I think online retail has made it all a lot easier. Um, and that's, that's really positive. What do you think the fruit, the future holds for the for the food industry? What's what's which way is it heading? I mean, what what would you like to see happen? Yeah. Okay. So I'll put be my my optimistic optimistic <laughs> hat on. <laughs> um. So I think, yeah, I I think that there is there is a lot of potential for. Um, farms like us and organizations like us um, and like the meat companies and fish companies that you mentioned um, to make it a lot easier for people to access local and sustainable food and as you said better food like more more tasty more delicious more nutritious food um, so that's really positive and I think yeah technology makes it a lot easier being able to order online and like you know the, the the kind of millennials and and generations beyond that are much more comfortable purchasing their food online um and so it would just be second nature to them to have all these kind of things um delivered and all that kind of thing so i think there is a big opportunity there um and also just yeah around like traceability and a growing awareness of where stuff is coming from i think that has a certain amount of leverage as well I don't personally think that it's possible for consumers to kind of, for all of the power to rest with consumers. Um, I think it's unfair to expect everyone to be like super engaged with where their food comes from and to know all the issues about sourcing and slave labor and you know all of the myriad issues. I don't think we can put that at consumers' feet. So I think we do need regulation um, and systems change from both you know government and food companies to actually take responsibility for for a lot of that stuff as well um and i guess that's a little bit where i'm seeing the gap at the moment i haven't i haven't seen that much positive in terms of in terms of regulation change 
I think there is some positive stuff going on with companies. So some of the bigger companies um, looking at um, sustainability and, um, you know, becoming B Corps and that kind of thing. Um, so there is a bit of a movement in within businesses to become more purpose driven and more sustainable and, and ethical. But it's it's slow progress. So I would like to see that accelerate and I would like to see more action from the government to, as you said, to subsidize the right kinds of farms um, and to support the kind of food that doesn't make people sick and doesn't make the earth <laughs> sick either. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say a bit more about taste as well, because somebody said to me, oh, you're, you're imagining it. It's the organic food doesn't taste any different. And then I spoke with um, um, Scarlett from the, the Wolf organization and she said, yes, it does, because if you put chemical fertilizers on, on the soil, it's water soluble. So when the plants drink, they have to take in the, the, the chemical fertilizer, which makes the, which makes the, the plants, tomatoes, for example, grow to a huge size and they're full yeah. of water. Um, and they, and they just, they're, they're, they're tasteless. Whereas um, compost is not water soluble and therefore the plants just take exactly how much they need to give the, you know, and, the, and then so they don't, they don't balloon to a big size and, and uh, become tasteless. Yeah. Yeah, so that's and actually... the other thing that makes a big impact on taste is like um, the length of the supply chain. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, we're harvesting on a Wednesday and delivering to customers on a Thursday. Um, so that's just like, you know, for the freshness of, of salad. And it means that with tomatoes, for example, we can leave them on the plant until they're ripe and then harvest them. Whereas if you're growing tomatoes in Spain and they've got to come on a lorry for three days before they go into a supermarket, before they go on the shelf, you know, before they get to your home, you can't pick it when it's ripe because yeah. by the time it gets to you, it'll be rotten. So you can actually pick stuff at the point at which they're meant to be being eaten. Um, so yeah, that really makes a big difference to the quality and the taste of the product. And like this, the, I mentioned earlier, you know, some of the restaurants who are buying from us and as the, the kind of, community aspect and the um, ethical aspect are not why they're buying from us. They're buying from us because of the quality and the freshness. Yeah. Um, and so that's a really good indication that, yeah, this way of farming allows us to produce something that, yeah, tastes a lot better. Um, Do those yeah. restaurants advertise the fact that they get their veg from a community farm? Uh, yeah, some of them do. Um, but not, not massively. Like I say, the driver is really the quality right. rather than, rather than any other, consideration actually we don't get ours on a thursday we get ours first thing on a friday morning it's a yeah. it's a scandal <laughs> yeah well you'll have to move house move closer to the farm oh, <laughs> if you want thursday. <laughs> thursday delivery i just wanted to finish by saying that um i wondered if how community farms could dovetail with what we're doing with the open credit network um so we you know we're trying to introduce moneyless trading for small businesses yeah uh, neutral credit yeah um, yeah i'd like to invite you to to register yeah we will definitely um yeah i mean i guess yeah it really de depends on the on the the businesses involved but there are a few different ways that we could you know either be offering vegetables um or offering other um Services, you know, like we do um, corporate volunteering days, for example, where people come down and um, 
yeah do a day's volunteering and have a nice pizza um, and help us out but we could offer that service um, in exchange for other things for example yeah, um, we, yeah. we think at some point at some point that businesses might be able to pay wages in mutual credit and then individuals could use that on the business account to buy to buy other things but yeah um, to buy their veg box. <laughs> to buy their box, yeah it's a slow burn yeah and you very kindly agreed to be our specialist advisor for uh, the veg growing and the veg boxes topics. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. No I don't worries. actually think you're in our directory. So as soon as we finish today, I'll, I'll go and put you straight in the directory. Okay, great. But um, yeah, I can't think of anything else to, anything else you want to add or anything else you want to say to people? <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. I think we've covered everything. I would say like, yeah, just if you're interested in all of these things and you're not yet buying a veg box from your, from your local veg box option, then do have a Google and have a look indeed on the low impact site and you will find, um, find your most local version and do start supporting them because it makes a big difference and it really demonstrates that this kind of food system can work. So yeah. put your money where your mouth is if you yeah. haven't already. <laughs> Yeah, if you live in South London, Sutton Community Farm, it's a really yeah. good idea. And uh, if you don't live in South London, then uh, go to the Community Supported Agriculture website or the Open Food Network website and, yeah. and find your find a local scheme. Yeah. Um, all right, then, Alice, it's, it's been great talking with you. Thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll speak to you again soon. And thanks for, thanks for all the veg, veg and fruit. <laughs> no worries. Thanks, Dave. Cheers, Alice.